Hello friends, good to see you all. Welcome to a brand new chapter. We are starting a new chapter today, uh, chapter 16 of the Bhagavad Gita. As you all know, uh, we there are 18 chapters in the Gita and now this is the third from the end, is uh, 16. Lou, how are you? I'm doing very good. I'm getting kind of anxious about the end here though. I don't, I don't know if I want this to end. <laughs> well, I have good plans for after the Gita ends. So. Oh, excellent. Uh, you have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> happy to. Yeah, the uh, 16th chapter is very different from the 15th. As, as I've said, many scholars think of the 15th as a very scientific, very um, explanatory chapter that gives us the complete description of the Brahman and God, what it is. And it's a little deep, very scientific, very rigorous in its uh, study. Hard to understand. But 16 drops back to a simpler kind of uh, uh, chapter where essentially it tells you good qualities that each one of us has within us and bad qualities that we have within us, but we tend to uh, fan them, to foster them, to make them grow. And it's a very good chapter in a practical sense because it tells you don't focus on the good as much as focus on the bad. And if you see it, try to get rid of it. And that's something that we haven't faced yet in this uh, in the Gita. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the good qualities we've seen before, and we'll see them again. But the bad qualities that each one of us has, uh, we will see for the first time, I think. Um, so good and bad in the Gita is talked about as godly and demonly. Okay, so this chapter is called the yoga of distinction of divine and demonic natures. Now, this is where this whole thing started in all religions, not just in Hinduism, um, of gods and demons. It was just a description of a human being to be godly or demon-like. There are no real gods. Okay, don't, don't look up in the sky and expect to see a God in human form. That's what it's boiled down to now. Don't expect a demon coming out of the ground and looking very ugly. It's us as human beings that are either beautiful and godly or ugly and demon-like. So the Gita personifies them as gods and demons. Essentially, a godly quality is one that leads you towards the scriptures, towards the uh, self-realization of yourself. And demon-like qualities are those that are bad qualities that sort of get you um, enmeshed in your own desires. And those desires produce more desires and more desires. And you just keep going from birth to death, birth to death, just to fulfill your desires. And you are considered a demonic person. So verse 16, chapter 16 has 29 verses. Not too long, uh, easy to read. This chapter describes those good and bad qualities of all human beings. Uh, the good refers to qualities that are on the that put you on the path towards self-realization. Bad qualities, demonic qualities, refers to qualities that lead to increased desires. So, uh, godly or divine or demon-like or demoniac or asuric. The Sanskrit word is asura. And some scholars have said that the terms Syria and Assyria are both come from these terms of Sanskrit because 
when the original Indians, and we've seen this in our uh, field trips, how from India, a lot of original followers thousands of years ago spread towards the Middle East and uh, Egypt and England and uh, America and to the uh, East also towards the Far East. And at that time, they named these countries after what was in India. So uh, as you know, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Stan means a location. Mm. Uh, so Palestine, which is now Palestine, Palestine was the Stan of the tribe of Pali. Pali was a big tribe in India. Palestine was that. Assyria and Syria were those that they considered demonic people living there. So the demonic people, according to this chapter, do not follow the guidelines of the scriptures. Thus, they have endless desires. They keep having repeated births and repeated death, whereas the godly people conquer their desires, which comes from ignorance, ignorance of, the, of, of what is really good and bad. When you follow that, if you get rid of that ignorance, get knowledge, you become godly and live peacefully and happily until the, such a person achieves uh, self-realization. So um, verses 1 to 6 describe 26 godlike or divine qualities and uh, also six asuric, demonic qualities. And the focus that we want to use here is the focus on the six asuric, demonic qualities that you want to get rid of within yourself instead of fanning them and let, letting them grow. The first three verses, today we're only going to be doing one because it's pretty dense. There's like 20 qualities in one or two verses. Uh, give the 26 positive qualities. And the negative that we'll do subsequently has the triple gates of hell. The scriptures say the triple gates to hell are lust, greed, and hate. Now, we will follow that too. Shankaracharya said, don't have pride over your wealth, your beauty, your wealth, your youth, your beauty, your power, your fame. Don't have any uh, pride over that because it can all disappear very quickly. And wealth is not to be measured by money, cash, wealth in bank account but rather measure it by your internal wealth or devic, godlike qualities. Measure your wealth by that. Because he says, with money, you can buy food. You can buy the best chef and go to the best restaurants, but you cannot buy, money cannot buy you a good appetite or good taste. Without good appetite, the best food will taste like nothing. So money can't buy that. <clears throat> he also said, that money can buy you the best mattress and the best bed, but money cannot buy you good sleep. So um, let us go to the first verse, which says fearlessness. These are his uh, Krishna, uh, God personified as self-realized person, speaks of these positive qualities. One is fearlessness, complete purity, steadfastness in knowledge and yoga, self-restraint, yajna or sacrifice, self-study, austerity, and uprightness. Now, all these qualities is put into one verse. So obviously, there's a lot to go into, and we'll only do two of them here today. Well, let's, let's see how many we can get done.
fearlessness. What causes fear? One is fear is caused by ignorance. Ignorance of the other being the same as you. So that you see something as other than you. Whether it be an animal, you say, oh, this is not me. I don't, I, I, I'm not familiar with this. So you're afraid. An insect, a, a reptile, or a human being. Otherness, number one. Number one, number two is ignorance of unknown of something. So you don't know what's there. So you see it as dark, as something that you're unfamiliar with and you get fear. Third is everything is me, me, me. What will happen to me? A person who is completely self-realized has no fear at all. He's supposed to be fearless. In fact, he's called fearless. The self-realized person in Sanskrit is known as a fearless person. That's a description of somebody who has reached self-realization. How does he not have any fear? Because he's absolutely 0% concerned about me. He says, because we have to say, what will happen? How much pain will I feel? How much discomfort will I go through? What will I lose? He has none of those feelings, a self-realized person. Just keep Jesus Christ in mind because that story is pretty evident to us. Keep Buddha in mind because we we think of all these self-realized people happen. Absence of otherness prevents fear as long as you see every other being as your own self. That is compassion. It starts with compassion and it builds to including the others, including animals, all towards yourself. That doesn't mean that you see a lion and you say, oh, this is same as me, so you go and put start patting him. That's not so wise. Uh, so, <laughs> um, don't do that. Fear, hmm? Don't do that. Don't do that. Fear, yeah. Fear is present when there's an unknown of any kind, whether it be darkness, ignorance, unknown. Any unknown causes fear. Divinity, on the other hand, is absolute, absolute knowledge, lack of darkness. That's knowledge. A divine person is selfless. Therefore, he has no fear of what will happen to me. The more self-centered you are, the more fearful you become. You're willing to sacrifice because you have no fear at all. It's a very sacrificial state. Uh, Swami Parthasarthi gives this example of um, carnivores. Carnivores are always afraid. You see, uh, the more ferocious they are, the loud noise will make them jump and run away from you. Um, it's not like they come closer to you and growl. The loud noise or any kind of action as if you're going to come towards them and they back away from you. Whereas the herbivores who don't hurt anybody else, if you go to a cow and you make a loud noise, she just barely turn her head and look at you very calmly, doesn't run away uh, the way a carnivore does. That's, that's Swami Parthasarthi's explanation of the more harm you cause other people through wanting to eat them, hurt them, the more afraid you are. So the next verse is complete purity. Um, so complete purity is when your mind has no agitation at all, no agitation, no anxieties, complete purity. We think of complete purity as being pure in terms of physical. That's the body. Yes, that's also complete purity. Wash yourself, be pure in that sense. But your mind, your emotions, your thoughts, all of this is also purity. Your conscience and your intellect, <clears throat> your conscience and your intellect constantly tells you what is to be allowed and what is not to be allowed. 
listen to your conscience. Listen to your intellect. When you don't listen to your conscience, which is saying, don't do this, this is not good. If you keep doing it, you feel that stain within you. If you feel that uh, some kind of a, a dog, a, a, a blotch, a stain, and what you believe to be good and positive, according to your conscience and intellect, if you follow that, your heart starts to sing because you're happy. Your mind becomes agitated when you go against your conscience and your intellect. Um, a person who has a clear conscience, clear intellect that says, I don't feel guilty about anything, has a very high ideal and he aims for it and he works towards it. Such an individual is free from selfish desire. He is free from agitation. He is serene, he is equanimous, he is pure, and he is considered to be complete purity. The next one is steadfastness in knowledge and yoga. So it's pretty self-explanatory. Yoga means um, reunion with yourself. It, such a person is steadfast. He, once he says, I'm going to study, I'm going to read the scriptures, I'm going to get towards the knowledge of myself and closer to reunion with God, He's steadfast in knowledge and yoga. He doesn't say, okay, I'm going to do it on Saturdays and Sundays and the rest of the week I'll have a good time. No, he's steadfast in that. Next one is Dan, D-A-N, or charity. Charity helps a person get rid of his own greed. Charity is a necessary quality. It's a positive quality because it helps you to move away from your own desires to help yourself. Me, 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 I want. Instead, you're giving charity. Now, charity comes with multiple uh, factors that we've talked about before. You have to be cautious about who you're giving money to or your, there's many kinds of charity. We've talked about this charity of wealth, charity of your physical body, doing things for them or with your body or giving them your love, your emotions, your caring or thinking for them, teaching them that kind of thing. And the highest level of charity is teaching them the scriptures so that they can become self-realized. Such, such charitable deeds are necessary, but when you do the charity, you should not be thinking, what's in it for me? You don't give charity and say, I want my name in big brass letters on the top. It has to be done selflessly for it to really count. The next one is self-restraint. Self-restraint means we each have bodily needs. We each want our sense organs to be attached to the sense objects. So my tongue is a sense organ and it craves something sweet, for example. And you can't say I'm denying you all of that because it's impossible. Some you can, um, whether it be wanting to listen to music or smell good stuff or taste good stuff. But some physical desires, the sense organs, if you try to suppress them, repress them, you will run into problems. So what the scriptures tell us is you can indulge, but don't linger. Don't keep thinking about those that indulgence. Don't keep thinking about the interaction with your sense organ and sense object. If you keep thinking about it, the desire grows. Indulge and then let it go immediately. Don't keep thinking about it. And self-restraint means that A, you don't linger, B, you try not to indulge as much as you can. When it becomes unbearable, uncontrollable, then you indulge uh, with, with minimal um, allowance of your mind to just keep wallowing in that pleasure. Uh, the scriptures say, unless you're a monk, 
or a saint, you know, you are allowed to be married. Even saints often will get married. The next one is sacrifice. Sacrifice doesn't mean killing a bull or killing a cow or killing a goat. People have misunderstood this. Sacrifice meaning sacrificing your own ego to say, I want this for myself. I want to feel good about it. Sacrifice all of this ego. When you give charity, when you do something good, you don't want your ego to be up there. Sacrifice your ego, sacrifice your desires for the goodwill of others. Self-study. Self-study doesn't mean you sit and study by yourself without a teacher. Self-study means study yourself. Study what is going on with you. More, when you come to verse 4 and 5 and 6, you'll see the negative qualities in yourself. In, instead of studying all the good things about yourself, don't look in the mirror and say, oh, look how handsome I am. Look how pretty I am. That's not the self-study. The study is to say, what are the negative qualities in me? What are, what, are my, what are my good qualities? What can I foster? Which qualities can I make better and stronger? Which qualities can I get rid of? Next one is austerity. Austerity is discipline, doing what is right, doing your duty towards others. Doing it in such a way that your energy is not frittered away. We talked before in an earlier uh, verse about when you do something that produces energy, make sure it doesn't go away through the three holes in the bucket. What were those three holes in the bucket that drains the energy that you're uh, building up through good and positive means? One was looking at the future and saying, what about this fruit? Will I get this fruit? Will I get the results? Mm -hmm. That drains your energy. The other hole is looking in the past. You know, things that happened to you when you say, last time I did this, I lost just because of ABC. Don't look at the past. Don't look at the future. And the third is don't let this energy, this what you're doing, get you to be so feverish that you uh, actually dissipate your energy. So that's austerity. Be austere in whatever you're doing. Think of the higher ideal. And the last one is uprightness. Uprightness, <clears throat> we've discussed many times before in depth, but it means essentially be truthful, be honest, be straightforward without hesitation. Don't say, I'm afraid of hurting her feelings by saying such and such. Say it in a way that's upright and even the person that you're saying it to is not going to take it to heart because she then recognizes, he then recognizes that you're an upright person and you don't mean anything hurtful by what you're saying. You're just stating it as a fact and as a truth. People get used to that and then you're okay. So the first verse that we have just completed had nine positive qualities. We just did nine. I just skimmed over them. We've discussed many of them in the past in greater depth. The verse 2, which we'll do next time, has 11 more positive qualities. That brings you up to 20. And last uh, verse, which is verse 3, has six more positive qualities. So that brings us up to 26. So 26 positive qualities. Then 4, 5, and 6 will be the negative qualities. And that's where you really need to put in your effort. Right now, you can focus on these qualities, the positive ones. See which ones you have and foster those improve them, see which ones you don't have and see if you can develop them. Charity is a good one to start developing because it helps you to get past your own greed. Start to donate more, start to do more for other people. Lou, any comments? I haven't heard, sorry, I didn't throw the ball no. to you. 
No, it's fine. Just listening, and it's good intro to the chapter. I'm I'm interested in the part about the negative qualities, and the first thing in dealing with these negative qualities is awareness, right? So making understanding that you have them and understanding when they rise up that helps you address them. Yes, the self study. You have to watch yourself and see you by studying which positive care qualities you have, which negative qualities you have, observe them and, and look at them. Yes, be aware. All right. I just want to mention, uh, if you're watching on Facebook, we have audio-only podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, now on Amazon Music and on Audible as well. If you have the Audible app, you can uh, find us. All our episodes are available on Audible now, so check that out. If you want to uh, write the doctor and have a question or something, uh, you can email at Gita, memoirs of a psychiatrist at Gmail. Dot com, or you can leave a comment here on Facebook. But if you're listening to the audio chat, Gita Memoirs, uh, Gita Memoirs of a Psychiatrist at gmail.com. Thank you, Lou, and thanks for all your efforts. That's what's brought this to this level. It's amazing. 173 episodes. You've spread them on, on tens of thousands of listens on podcasts. We've got people from 40 plus countries uh, tuning in and uh, uh, listening to this. Now, the, the work, it, it's obviously fascinating. And a lot of people find it so, and it's just happy. This community is great. I, I love being a part of it. Yes, the Gita is fantastic. And its scriptures have helped people for thousands of years and millions of people. So I hope everybody benefits. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>